Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Are you frustrated and confused about how to attract new clients? Nothing you have done is working and you're tired of waiting for the phone to ring. Imagine learning the tips and tools that will help you get noticed and booked by your ideal client and paid what you're worth for your amazing services. Now's the time to make your dream a reality and the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will teach you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Welcome to another show. This is episode 191. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, brand and communication strategist, also known as the podcasting queen. Did you know that Australia's gross domestic product was up by $1.56 trillion in 2013, down to $1.33 trillion in 2015, and up slightly in 2016? And according to my guest today, none of this macroeconomy matters one bit to Australia's SME market. Showing us what does and what should matter to SMEs is Wes Home. Wes teaches business owners how to build highly profitable and highly influential businesses in order to change culture. And on today's show, Wes is going to share how to make good money from Facebook from someone who has, as well as how business should benefit society and not just us as the business owner. So welcome to the show, Wes. Great to be with you, Anne-Marie. Look, I love speaking um, with business owners who have, through their journey, they've been able to experience success and particularly from like-minded business owners who are not only here to, to make a difference in business for themselves and, you know, obviously the team that is employed by your business, but also the society and our community as a whole. And I know that this is something that's very important to you as well. So just explain a little bit about your business background and uh, who Wes Hone is. Sure. Well, I mean, I've always loved business. My earliest memories were trying to, you know, play shop and, and do write checks and, mm-hmm. and things like that. And uh, wasn't particularly studious, uh, kind of struggled a little bit, in fact, in, in the area of school. And and, uh, and I just knew that I wanted to be a business guy. So from, from my earliest memories, in, in fact, the first business I had was my first year of, of high school. I, I was I was back in the UK at the time. And um, the craze was juggling balls. So I uh, I would go and every afternoon I'd ride down to the shops and, and buy bags of chickpeas and come home and cut my board shorts up and make juggling balls and sell them at lunchtime. And um, it was just the way I was wired. And, and you know, that went well. And, and then so did some other things. And um, and then in, when I was 18, uh, I, I came to Australia at 14. I went back at 19. Um, and then I started my first official business as a window cleaner and me and a friend built that to 800 houses wow. on a six week cycle. And we did that a couple of times. We would build and sell, build and sell. Um, and then in Australia, you know, I did, I did telco. I, I brokered technology for a while. I uh, had a software development business. I had a garden maintenance company, a turf delivery business. And all of those were just build and sell for the mm-hmm. purpose of learning how to do business. 
Yeah. And uh, and then I started the coaching practice in 2006, and uh, you know now now we coach all across the world with with different business people, and but we have a we have a slightly different bent on how we do it. You know, it's not just make profit so you can have nice things. There's 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 bigger reasons for doing it now. Yeah. Absolutely. We, we certainly will dive in a little bit uh, deeper into that in, in a moment. Because as you mentioned in, in the profile that you sent through to us, there are lots of case studies that you've experienced and, and obviously through your clients that they've experienced that are seeing significant growth in their business whilst benefiting society. So I'm really looking forward to you sharing some more of that in a moment. Let's talk about Facebook because I know that this is something that you've mentioned your business is doing really well. And I know that many people who are listening to the show have um, you know, made a profile on Facebook and are uh, updating regularly, but they're struggling. So I'd love for you to share some of the things that you've noticed. Maybe there's things that you're doing differently that have, you know, you, you think that really have um, promoted that success. Well, at the moment, it is my best friend, Facebook. Mm -hmm. I don't think there is an advertising platform in the world that even goes close to providing what Facebook can provide. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't always like that. You know, there are a lot of people that spent um, a lot of time and maybe some money on Facebook and didn't get anywhere. Um, but, you know, like back, you know, it, it was once a, an infant and then a toddler and, and an adolescent. But today, Facebook is an adult. It's, it's, it's preeminent in its space. And so I've always kind of treated it a bit seriously. And, um, you know, my own thesis currently is, is that over the next 12 to 18 months, somebody is going to own the mind of the people in their industry, in their geographical area. Mm. So you'll be able to walk down the street in any area and ask 10 people, can you name a mechanic? And eight of them will say the same one. And I think it's it's going to be Facebook and, and maybe a few other platforms complementary to that that's going to create that top of mind. And it, it's effectively a gold rush. You know, Australia had the gold rush in the 1850s. I believe we're living through exactly the same again. It's just mm -hmm. a digital space. I'm super excited about it. I, oh, I, think, yes. I think it's amazing. You mentioned that uh, at one stage uh, you were using Facebook. You, you weren't really generating the success that you are now, that, that Facebook is, is your best friend. What changed? For your business what changed what what, were you, what did you do differently well i think i used to put out like everybody else just content for content's sake um not being particularly strategic about it um and obviously with the advent of business pages and that's that, that they've obviously been around quite some time but with the advent of business pages and the ad platform and the targeting now you know like literally we can get an ad to any demographic that we ever want to and then we don't have to waste money on anybody else mm -hmm. like like I, I couldn't find anybody to teach me so i just went about running you know hundreds and hundreds of different campaigns with my own money to find out what does and doesn't work and that's that's where we're at today we're at a platform where literally through smart strategic targeting you can get your point to any person you choose mm -hmm. did you change your content strategy like you mentioned before that it was content for content's sake but in that process did you um, align your content to speak more clearly to to a target audience then or the content remained the same it was just the targeting and the use of um, the platform that changed. i think we, we changed massively i, I think like you know because obviously we, we teach a little bit of this I used to teach people that the way that you got Facebook to work was you put up tons of content and the way you hacked the Facebook algorithm was you put lots of things in front of people therefore people engaged more which meant they saw more that was the way you used to do it yeah now Facebook are very smart that 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 just simply doesn't work 
now the big shift is to like you're better off now to put out less content and make it truly amazing and creativity is the key it just can't be a facebook meme anymore you know for the sake of filling a space it, you know it, it we've got to put our creative hat on and start to put ourselves in our customer's shoes and and here's the real key is not selling never ever ever selling mm. uh, through your content you've got to just go all in double down huge value uh, and it's because no one trusts anybody anymore so if you if if somebody's looking at your content and they can sniff that you've got an agenda they'll run a mile yeah we, We've got to be smarter about and more strategic about the way that we use Facebook and not just go for the jugular on the piece of content that we're giving out. We've just got to double down on the content, give so much into the relationship, and then use the Facebook platform to, for example, pixel them and retarget them with the offers based on the things that they told us they like. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And are you finding that um, there's a mixture of creative media, for instance, video, text, graphics? Do you use a mixture of those or do you tend to favor one particular media to another? I, I prefer video because yeah. it's just what I lend myself to. Mm -hmm. um, and it's easy because we, you know, because we run so many seminars and events, it's easy to capture that content for us. Yes. But that wouldn't be everybody. Um, you know, it would depend a little bit on my niche. You know, if I was an author, um, you know, it would probably lend itself to written most of the time. So, so I go across the platform. My, my concern is not necessarily format. It's more making sure that it is highly valuable and, yeah. and really doubling down on giving away all my best secrets. Yeah. Because no one trusts anybody. You've got to go with your best stuff. And, 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 you know, there are people out there that'll teach you, give them a little bit and then bring them to the next level and give them a little bit more and bring them to the next level like a funnel. Mm -hmm. And that simply won't work in the next 12 to 18 months. You've, you've got to give them everything upfront. And, yeah. Some may go and do it themselves, 5% may go and do it themselves, but they were going to be terrible customers anyway. The 95% just want to know that you know what you're talking about. Yes, and there's so much noise and clutter out there at the moment. This really means if you're providing the best quality content and you're putting real thought into it, that is definitely going to, to stand out. I can't remember the exact statistics, Wes, but I know that an organisation in the UK polled you know, thousands of their audience and a high percentage, I mean, around 60 to 70% of them said that the content that was out there was just not hitting the mark at all. It was clutter, it was just noise. And we certainly don't wanna be spending time for our content just to sit there as part of the clutter. You've already mentioned that we don't want to include any hint of, of selling uh, in our content. We need it to be really high quality profile. Are there other things that you see people doing that are still maybe from yesteryear and that they need to change immediately because otherwise they're just not gonna generate the success that they want? in the content creation? We've got to really think outside the box. And, and if we spot the trend, the trend is that, you know, uh, multinationals, big business, would, would traditionally go and spend, you know, $250,000, $300,000 creating a 30-second uh, infomercial putting it on television. But what we're seeing right now is we're seeing the same businesses spending $250,000 producing a one-minute Facebook commercial because they're taking the platform so seriously. Mm. We need to think the same if we want to be on that platform. So, you know, just, just as an example off the cuff, I was talking to a social media agency the other day um, um, who we coach, and, uh, and, and uh, which is always ironic. But um, 
and uh, and I and I said, listen, we've got a story tell, and it was the year of the rooster. It just it was Chinese New Year, the year of the rooster. Why don't you, um, uh, you know, go and create a profile for Rory the rooster and apply what you're doing to that profile, build a massive following story, like like capture the entire story through the journey and make it into some content at the end. Mm-hmm. Because what that does is, you know, it, it's not just like put up a video to see if we can get some likes, which is swimming in the shallow end of the pool. It's creating a story that people can enter and join along with. And that's what gives one company the real props that they know what they're talking about. Um, mm-hmm. You know, for example, one of our clients is a chicken caravan. They make caravans for chickens. So we story told um, the the product from a chick's perspective from one day old. And we filmed content like three inches off the floor of the caravan to make it look like it was through the eyes of a a chick. Like it's just fun. It's Mm -hmm. just creative. And it just gets people into a story. And you get to brag about your business without needing to brag about your business. Yeah. I mean, how many of those videos and stories that are done so well that you've watched and then right at the end, there's just a small little line you think that was brilliant um, because attention, people's attention uh, these days is, is what everyone's vying for. And uh, yeah, people are not giving it as freely as they did. Are there any other things that you think we really need to start to consider if we're going to really uh, allow ourselves to think out of the box to create content that really is going to wow uh, our, uh, our audience? I think the thing to consider is we are actually never going to know what does make them go well. Mm. So it's because, so it, we're not talking here about producing one piece of amazing content and hoping it works. This needs to become a lifestyle now where we're always putting out amazing content. Some of the stuff that I thought for our company that would be amazing and go viral flopped. Yeah. And some stuff that I thought wasn't amazing went viral. Yeah. So we're never actually going to know by sitting on the other side. So the only way around that is lots of amazingly, you know, good, valuable, creative content and and the market will tell you what they like. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And I I have done the same over the years too, created something, put so much time and energy and effort into it and it's crickets. And other times Mm -hmm. you put something out, still put the same, you know, time and effort in and you don't really think it's going to go anywhere and people just love it. So, So let's talk about then some of the videos that we see online now because we know that live Facebook live is something that many people are starting to uh, to embrace however just what do you think about some of the videos where people are creating which really you can see that not much thought has gone into it this I don't know if they might be showing something that they've eaten or what they're having for lunch and it really has nothing to do with their brand or their business what do you think about some of those sort of ad hoc Facebook live videos that we see mm. on our feeds? I, I think that's a great question because I'm like Nazi, you should never, ever put anything that's not valuable. Mm. Because I mean, I know in my world, like like everybody, I'm busy. So if I, if I follow someone and I see that they're doing a Facebook live and, you know, last week it was some good valuable advice and, and this week it's a good valuable advice, but next week it's like watching the kid bounce on a trampoline. Mm-hmm. Well, we just don't give people any time anymore. It's like, cool, if that's what Facebook Live is now for you, I'm out, I'll go find somebody else. Yeah. I think, I think we've got, I mean, there are other ways to show the human element, but I don't think it should be through things like Facebook Live. I think that's where people are now going to get their information. Mm-hmm. So I think the minute it's a Facebook Live of you and your cute little child when they just woke up is really damaging to the profile. Yeah. I think you can do that a different way. Um, but but 
or or you make your Facebook live totally about your family, but I don't think you want to be mixing the two. Mm. I, I think they need to be like if it's your serious business platform, it's just you can still have the human element, but but wrapped around good quality valuable information yeah that there is something there's a takeaway that someone looks at it and thinks that's a great way of um you know thinking about that you've got a special angle that you bring into the the storyline and i i totally agree i mean content and this really goes back to what you said before content for content's sake that just does not uh land anymore we expect more because yeah i mean there is so much great information that we can access on the internet if we suddenly watch a, a video facebook live which really is not providing any value whatsoever, we're just going to get turned off from it for sure. Are there any other things that you can see happening that you think we need to stop? We need to be aware that this just no longer um, is, is something that's going to build your brand. It actually tarnishes, you know, tarnishes your reputation. I think inconsistency has probably always been a major issue. I think people need to be able to count on you. So if you, you know, let's, if we go back to Facebook Live as an example, what mm. is it? It's the 2017 version of channels seven, nine, and 10. Um, if you want it to be, it's yeah. that powerful. If you, if you deliver one day and then the next day, and then you're not on for three days, and then you deliver one day, and then you're not on for a week, you know, you wouldn't put up with a TV show that operated that way. You would just go find another TV show. You know, the reason why TV channels can build such a following is because you know that. 7 p.m. on Tuesday night is your favorite TV show. So we need to be able to compete on that level. So, for example, one that I did, I did a, a, a series of Facebook Lives at the end of last year, and this was just a big social experiment for me. Mm -hmm. I did a Facebook Live every morning at 6 a.m. Queensland, 7 a.m. New South Wales, Victoria, 4 a.m. Perth. And I did every morning for 21 days on a business tips, you know, eight minutes, 12 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever, something every single morning. And all I wanted to find out was from a standing start of zero without it spending any money on promotion, could I build a following that would join me at the same time every day? And it was amazing. It was amazing from literally like three people diving in on day one to um, 7,000 reach on, on day 21 at the end. Wow. You know, just, just getting people to follow along a story and tune in and you know now we go to seminars across the country and ask the question who dialed into that and it was a huge amount they may have only popped in for one minute once or one minute a day or they came to all of them um but you know that's the brand back in front of them as you know every day mm -hmm. and and it's it's super powerful whereas whereas when i you know if i did three days and then took a week off and then went out bush and then came back and tried mm -hmm. to reinvent it again and then leave it just simply would have no no cut through. Yeah, and that's such a good uh, lesson. No matter what we're doing, consistency is key. And how often, and I point to the finger at myself, do we do something and then we think, ah, oh, that really didn't work? But we didn't do it long enough. We weren't consistent enough. And I think yeah. for whatever, even some content. And I love what you said was share some things and see what the audience, you know, what the audience, the feedback is. And then, but you need to provide content consistently across various elements so that you can start to monitor and track what really was uh, well accepted what can I continue to create more about look I think everything that you've shared is absolutely valuable and uh, there's some great great insights there to share let's switch to the area that uh, we wanted to talk about as well today about how businesses should benefit society so not just ourselves as a our business owner and obviously the teams that we work with but also society and the community as a whole let's let's talk a little bit about that I've been a business guy, so I always thought, like in my early years, I thought 
business was so that I could have a whole bunch of nice things, mm-hmm. nice houses, nice cars, you know, and all the all the trappings that go with it. And nothing inherently wrong with any of those things. Um, but as I got a bit older, I realized, hang on a minute, you know, like, you know, I, I'm one of the 1%. Like, it's not fair on the 99, you know, and... And I don't necessarily mean the people in Australia. I think in Australia, you know, it's 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 fairly even. Everybody has a, a good chance of success. I don't mean that. But I mean on a global scale, there's some people that really need help. And so I went and studied capitalism. I wanted to know what capitalism is because it's fairly flawed in 2017. The problem is it's still the best model that we've got. Mm-hmm. So um, I went and studied it and I realized that back in, in its when it was originally formed, um, capitalism in essence was simply no more than Go into business, make more money than you need, keep some for yourself, and use the rest to benefit other people. That was it. That was that was the purest form of capitalism. Was it wasn't about you as the individual. It was about contribution. Yes. And so and so it's been twisted, of course. You know, Wall Street have made it. You know what it is today, which is you know cross any moral boundary to get a shareholder return. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't have to operate like that. As individuals, we can just choose to go back to true capitalism, which is. You know, go into business, make more than you need, keep some for yourself and your family and give the rest away. Yeah. And so that's what we did and that's what we, you know, teach our clients to do. And it's not the big glamorous business life that, that you know, that you see on Instagram. It's just just good and wholesome. Yeah. And you, you mentioned, uh, as I said earlier in your, your profile, that you've got some really great case studies, that you've seen businesses that are growing really fast and that really are benefiting and contributing to society. Do you have any um, stories that you want to share of how this has happened for some of the businesses that you've seen this happen for? I mean, I, I can give you all, the whole spectrum from small to big. I mean, and, and, and in fact, they're not better or worse. You know, we've got a little printing business in Brisbane that, that we trained how to grow his business. And he caught this of, you know, people, other, need, other people need to benefit. And, and so he started funding a breakfast program. He went to the local chaplain who's always struggling for, for funding. They, they feed the children um, and they don't have food. So he said, okay, let me, you know, I'll chip in and buy you the, the bread and the eggs, you know, for your, for your weekly morning breakfast. And so, you know, whatever that cost him, he did it. And, his business started to increase and, and prosper. And so he went back and said, listen, I can pay for a bit more. Mm-hmm. And then business prospered. So he went to three schools and then his business prospered even more. And, and now I think, I think that at the end of last year, he run, he run a breakfast program, fully funded out of his printing business and fed 800 children one wow. morning. Um, yeah. You know, and of course that's not, you know, that's not going to make headline news in the Australian, but it does for those kids that got to eat. Yes. Um, and so, you know, and so, you know, we've got, you know, like us as an organization, we, we fund a series of seminars around the country, mm-hmm. uh, you know, much bigger investment, much bigger at stake, much more at stake. But that's, you know, we make a large profit and we, we put some of that into helping people that typically cannot afford to go to expensive seminars and, and coaching programs. So we put on events and we ask for nothing in return mm-hmm. and train people up that way. Um, you know, I, I've got, uh, I've got, clients and that make hundreds of millions and use that as a lobby group to change policy for better or, you know so all the way through the spectrum i mean there's there are there are literally so many stories i've got a, another one of a, a lady who really felt on her heart that she was called to help this is a very specific one she felt like she was called to help south african um wives that when they moved to australia struggled to assimilate mm-hmm. so the husband races off and 
because they're South African, usually charge, you know, starts three or four businesses because they're very entrepreneurial. Yeah. The kids go to school, the mum's left at home and, uh, and, and that can be awkward. So she said, okay, I'm going to start to befriend them and, and take them out for tea. And literally you know, her business was funding her doing high tea parties for all these ladies and helping them assimilate into Australian society and giving them a friend. Mm-hmm. Again, not earth shattering on a global scale, but it is to those people that she was able to help. And so it really doesn't matter whether, you know, whether you're funding projects for hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars or millions of dollars. It's just about making sure that because if we all decided to do this, we would create a culture where everybody prospers. Yes. And, and you know, for me, this all drives from my faith. My faith is you know, I'm a Christian. I believe that, you know, the Bible wants to create a world where everybody prospers. And, and that's the reason why we would choose to live a life where others benefit as well as ourselves. This mm-hmm. isn't this isn't playing ourselves down to the point where we have a horrible life. This is about us enjoying the journey as well as taking some people with us. Yeah. Well, seeing a smile on the face and hearing, I'm sure if you look at the printer, the feedback that he's getting from the schools and the parents and the children, just hearing the impact and knowing the impact that he's having in itself is just huge. It's just massive, isn't it? Yeah, well, he feels alive more than he ever has before. Yeah. You know, he, like he writes me emails to update me every, you know, four or five months. And they're like the longest emails you've ever seen in your life. Yes. Because he's just so pumped with what he's able to do. Yeah. Have you heard of Kiva Loans? They provide loans to uh, entrepreneurs, but in in uh, developing countries. Have you heard mm-hmm. of Kiva? Well, that we we are actually partnering with one of our clients, and we're it's, it's a whole project that we're putting together. But we're putting all, donating all of the profits that will come out of the twelve months to the Kiva Loans, and uh, yeah. And what I also want to do is approach Kiva. Don't know this yet, but I, we will approach once the ball starts rolling. We're we're in the process just finalizing all of the details but we will approach them there may be a number of people who they do donate to that we can follow along the storyline yeah. and from the beginning and then check in see how they're doing and because I know you probably heard of this the internet in some of these developing countries is even more powerful than the yeah. internet that we have here in Australia so that's not hard you, no I know so there's I'm sure do we even with... have the internet yet or do we still have those hamsters on the wheel I know in in Kenya and and some of these places that you think do they even have the internet they've got more mobile phones than than we have which is just incredible and I thought you know just to be able to share um, because they really don't have anything they're so entrepreneurial because they have Mm. to be and Mm. we think my goodness you know with the odds stacked against them but boy I mean those would be some some great success stories that we can't wait to share it all as as well so we may, I mentioned earlier on you know um, the, the Australian GDP some figures and things like that that really this does not matter the macro economy matters not one bit to Australia's SME market what would you say if you were to sum up what really should we be um, yeah should we be focused on as an SME in the Australian market well, I think it's easy to get caught up in the hype of what's going on. Mm. I think, you know, if you are, a, an, uh, you know, a, a multinational, then you do have to consider macroeconomics for sure. But a small business really doesn't. There's so, the beauty of small business, I mean, a lot of people think it's a bad thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's quick. It's nimble. It can pivot on the spot. It can find another product. It can go into a new market. And, and that's, a, that's like big business don't have that luxury. For yeah. them to change is a decade. You know, during the GFC of 2008, 9, 10, 
you know, there was there was this massive uproar. And of course, it did affect people. I'm not saying there was nobody that was affected. It affected people. Uh, usually the people that had way too much debt um, at the time were the people that got caught. But really, GDP nationally only dropped 6%, which, which means there was still 94% of the money flowing and opportunities flowing than there was pre-GFC. Mm. It just depends how you viewed it yeah. as to how much it affected what you were doing. But, you know, that could all happen again tomorrow. We could have another one tomorrow. I'm not saying we are. I don't think we will. But I'm saying if we did have another one tomorrow, our job is still to look at our conversion rate and get it up 3% and find, you know, negotiate with our suppliers to pick up another 4% margin and, you know, to go and market and to, you know, get another nine customers and to, you know, get our customers to come back more often. Mm -hmm. The fundamental things of the business is just where we should be putting our attention. The, sh the business strategy to growing it is is where our attention should be. And if if we are looking at those little things and, and you know, breaking into new markets and, you know, employing better staff members and, you know, whatever, those those fundamental, if we're focused on those things, You'll look up three years down the line, the whole macro economy could have fallen apart and you'll have a bigger business. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because it just it just doesn't matter to a small to medium enterprise if you're focused on actually growing the business. Mm -hmm. So often we can get distracted, can't we, by listening to the things that are being mentioned in the news and on, on the media and, and that distracts us from what we really should be focusing on. So it's great to hear you um, to share that. Now, this is an area that you certainly support your clients in. How can people find out more about you and uh, your business? Well, I mean, we put out a lot of content, as you can imagine, mm -hmm. uh, on Facebook specifically. Um, uh, so we've got a page there called Business Greenhouse. That's our organization, Business Greenhouse. It's just a play on words because we grow businesses and we grow people. Mm -hmm. um, and we put out content every single day on there, um, you know, video and, and photo and stuff like that. Instagram as well, but actually under my name, Wes Hone, W-E-Z-H-O-N-E. Um, and then, of course, you know, we run seminars all across the country all the time. Um, between between September last year and January this year, we, we did 40 events. Wow. Uh, actually, up to the family, we lived full time in a caravan. Wow. And we did 40 events from the north, from North Queensland to Melbourne whilst traveling as a family, which was both bitter and sweet. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, so, I mean, we're always around. We're always likely to be in the area anyway you know, running, running trainings and seminars, but you know, our, our website businessgreenhouse.com.au has content on it, videos and things like that. Um, but I would say the most engaging place where we put out most of our content is through our Facebook page, Business Greenhouse. Fantastic. And we'll put all of those details on the show notes as well. Thank you so much for, for coming on the show and sharing your insights, Wes. Appreciate it. It's been a pleasure, Anne-Marie. Are you a specialist who supports small business? and you want to increase your visibility, reach and influence with your own podcast channel, but you don't want to handle the back-end management and ongoing promotion of your show? The Ambitious Entrepreneur Podcast Network is on the lookout for a select group of specialists who are ready to become an influencing voice in their industry. So if you're an aspiring podcast host, or if you have an existing business-focused podcast, and you're looking for ways to increase your exposure, reach and results by leveraging our podcast network platform, let's talk. To find out more, go to www.ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash podcast host. That's www.ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash podcast host. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. 
Well, that brings us to the end of another show. I know that you were inspired. You've got lots of notes. Uh, and go and check out all of the different resources that Wes uh, showed and shared on the today's show, especially the Facebook group there. We'll put all the notes and ways to contact him on our show notes. By the way, for those of you who have subscribed to our iTunes channel, thank you so much. That means you're going to be the very first person to know once we release another show. As you know, we have a new guest expert each and every week. Now, if you don't want to miss out, you haven't subscribed already, that's okay. You can subscribe over at ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash AES iTunes. And if you know of someone who you think would be a great guest on the show, shout out, let me know about them and uh, we'll feature them on, a, on an upcoming show. And if that happens to be you, reach out as well. We want to feature you so that you can inspire other ambitious entrepreneurs. That's me for another week. Have a fantastic week. See you later. Bye, Wes. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.